So, what are we calling this thing? Um, the Brick Nebula Podcast. Sounds good. Okay, I'm Dave. This is Mike. And this is the Brick Nebula Podcast. This is our obligatory plug for uh, Brick Nebula Nebula and our uh, gracious web host of handhosting.com. Uh, today Thank we're going to go ahead. We're going to uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking today a little bit about some of the things that we do like about the Lego Star Wars line, and some Doctor Who and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy type news, picks of the podcast, then some other sci-fi type Lego events that are coming up here soon. Let's see. Uh, let's talk about how we got into Lego. Well, way back when I think it was 1978, my parents gave me a set of Legos for my birthday. I guess I was hooked from that point on. It was a little, I want to say it was number 471. It was a little gray space, like one-man type winged thing. I'll have to look the number up here sometime. How did you get into it, Mike? Well, I was going to ask. Uh, 471's not the right one. Yeah, let me go look for it. it. No, I was going to ask you, did you ever have a Dark Ages? Yes, I did. It was between, actually it was during late high school and early college. I got back into it because I uh, took a uh, ro- robotics class that used Legos for the mechanics at college, and then I ended up helping to teach the class for two years. Me, on the other hand, I probably, my first set was a town set. I think it was one of the helicopters. Uh, my father, I was in the hospital probably as a kid, probably about 78 as well, or 70-something, and having my tonsils out. He brought this set to me. It was He actually put it together before I had a chance to. Wow. Bastard. <laughs> and then I think my dark ages lasted until I got out of college and started making some real money, and I saw pirate sets on clearance, and I thought, hmm, those would look nice on the shelf at work, and it kind of grew into an obsession since. Find the set number? Yeah, money always seemed to help me, too. My first one was number 442, Space Shuttle. Very old classic space. Oh, Wow. And I still have the original instructions I uh, got with it. See, I think I've sold mine at the garage sale or given them to my cousins who turned around and sold it at the garage sale. Yeah. Yeah, my sets are long gone. Okay. Yep. You want so, to we, we, well, we, we, we kind of gave some negative reviews to the to the new Star Wars line. What we wanted to do in this one is, is to say what sets from the Star Wars line that we really have liked and have enjoyed putting together. So, won't you start that? Okay. One of my absolute favorites was the the original episode four. Actually, I guess it would be episode five, Snowspeeder. I really liked this. I thought it was a great deal for the price. I believe it was what twenty bucks or twenty two dollars, something like that. And it had a good amount of parts in it. And I liked the fact that the overall elements of it were not square, not at ninety degree angles. And it, uh, it, I thought it worked very, very well, and it was fun to assemble. And I think it was the first in- introduction of the, the click hinge that I, I think has been a pretty sweet element that LEGO's come out with since then. Yeah, either the click hinge came out in the, the Snowspeeder, or it was the X-Wing that came out right at the same time that had them. Uh, likewise, I also quite enjoy the uh, UCS, TIE Fighter, X-Wing, and Snowspeeder, but they, of course, are on the, the, the side that requires you to have a... Uh, more green in your wallet. <laughs> I enjoyed 7155, the Trade Federation AAT. That I is nice. 
the I, I love the tan in it, and there's there's actually a tan slope in there. I wish I had tons of. It's a two by two by two slope, I think, or two by two by. Yeah, it's a good for a minifig dress, is what it is. But I I always thought that that was a pretty sweet one. I built it like twice. <laughs> yeah. Like you, I I think. Out of the, the UCS line, I, the X-Wing was my favorite. I, it actually took me, I think, like two and a half nights to put it together. and That just, sounds about how long it, it took me as well. Enjoyed every minute of it. I, th- I thought it was an excellent... I still have it together. No, actually, it's in pieces. I had it displayed there for a long time. I think with the, the, the last setup that we had it at Groveport, I think it kind of fell apart. So yeah. I didn't get to put it at Groveport, but it, it was there. And beyond that, the mock, the mini mocks. I thought the mini mocks was an excellent, excellent line. Just to mention one real fast, I really enjoyed the uh, the mini MTT and the uh, mini Jedi Starfire and the Slave One. I thought the, the pieces in that are just excellent. Now okay. that you bring it up, both editions of the minifig scale Slave One were both pretty nice as well. I think the first one was a little bit better than the second, but uh, they were both fun to assemble. A lot of fun. Yeah. Well, there's a movie that's coming out. I think the release date is April 29th. It's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Remember not to panic, everybody. Now, I think if I read correctly online, didn't Douglas Adams do a... Was it... Didn't he do radio first, and then the BBC turned around and did like a, a mini a mini series? Yeah, mini series in the early 80s. And then... And he finally sat down and wrote a book about it, and I think he's actually had, before he passed away, I think he actually uh, wrote the screenplay for this, didn't he? Part of it, or contribute some to it? He did a rough draft of the screenplay before he died, and if I remember correctly, the book came before the rest of it altogether. Okay. I think the I book was written in the early 70s. Used. Now, the, the funny thing that I found out is I've got a, a friend who's from Deal, England, and he was glancing through my copy of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy one day, and he started to, to get all mad because they Americanized it, which I did not realize that they did, that they tried to use Americanisms to make it more familiar to us than, than, than to, you know, from the original British which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, I've heard the same as well. So, I'm going to have to get my own copy from England someday. Yeah. The uh, I, I do have to say that the Hitchhiker's Guide TV miniseries was a little rough to watch. It was, it was funny, but you had to be able to look beyond the unsophisticated mechanisms used in production. Yeah, typical BBC production. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's... Supposedly, there's the Red Dwarf movie, which is supposedly in pre-production right now, and I've heard next to nothing. Yeah, I think when I tried looking for it, too, I didn't see much. Uh, The last thing I saw was posted that they were doing some filming back in 2001, but I haven't heard of anything since then. So, if anybody knows where that is, send us an email. Yeah, there was also heard rumors of 2001, and that seems way out of date at this point. Yeah. I think there'd be an IMDb entry for it. It's probably in production hell. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the Doctor Who series? Yeah. I am a longtime Doctor Who fan, and I am impressed with this new series that, that the BBC is producing. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, from what I've seen so far, I think it looks really nice as well. And you, you actually haven't seen it before, have you? 
I've seen uh, Doctor Who here and there, but it never really captured my interest until uh, this latest rendition. What I understand, next Saturday's got the Daleks in it. Woohoo! Unfortunately, though, I think I've been reading online that the, the gentleman who plays the Doctor this time, Christopher, I'm going to say this wrong, Eccleston? 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 Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, that sounds better. I think Christopher Eccleston. And I, th- I think this is, he's only going to do one, one series. I, I think after this that he's afraid of being typecast. So he's stepping down as the, what, the 11th Doctor now? Something like that. And I think he's uh, turning it on to a new actor. And I've read that the BBC have been in talks with this other actor, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. And likewise... Uh, in our uh, third episode, we would like to do an interview with uh, someone uh, intimately familiar with British sci-fi. Even better, if you are from Britain, feel free to send us a note at podcast at bricknebula.org. We'll see what we can do to line it up for next time. Skype and high-speed internet connection is a must. Oh, yeah. But it, there, there's a few other ones that we, we haven't talked about. Blake 7, which is a, another great sci-fi from what I understand, but I haven't haven't seen too many episodes. It, it's just too hard here. Unless you've got a, a public broadcasting system that, that buys into British television. And or, have Central, a friend yeah, or have a friend overseas that's willing to ship you CDs or DVDs. Well, that always helps, too. Yeah. But unfortunately, I've seen so many episodes of Who's Being Served that I, you know, I, I could die happy and not ever see another episode. You mean, are you being served? <laughs> yeah, are you being served? Yeah, what that, uh, he said who... Uh, who is being served? I think I'm getting whose line is it in anyway, or whose line, whatever it was. But the first, the, the, the British version of whose line was much better than the American version. Yeah, I have to agree. But I do like Drew Carey, though, so it's uh, Yeah. Up. I mean, what, what did you honestly think of what the first Doctor Who? The, of the new series? I haven't the had plasticans. Chance, I haven't had a chance to watch it all the way through, but it looked much, much... Uh, more polished. To be honest, I think this Doctor has a little bit more of an edge than the other Doctors have had before. That other one that I let you, the, uh, the Peter Davidson, I he, he's got to be a better actor in his, what is it, Creatures Great and Small, the, the TV series that he did. But uh, honestly, as the Doctor, I don't... He it was unconvincing. Yeah. I mean, Tom Baker, who was the, the Doctor previous to him, was I, I think nailed the essence of what Doctor Who is, and if if nobody's seen that, go back and rent some of the Doctor Who episodes with Tom Baker because I, I I think he's I might be a little biased because our PBS back in Dayton had ran all the Tom Baker episodes, but I, I think by far he's probably the best Doctor out there, and I think this Christopher comes a close second. I, I think he nails it right on the head too. And don't forget the aborted attempt by uh, uh, American TV to create their own Doctor Who in about 1993. I think we're all trying to forget about that. (laughs) It was pretty horrific. I didn't think it was that bad, but at the same time, I think the reason why it did so miserable over here is because the only people that really have seen it have, you know, watched Doctor Who on PBS, so they kind of got into it from that. There were too many, there's too much history there that you kind of have to gradually introduce your American viewer into. And I I, I, I kind of am a little upset that the Sci-Fi Channel hasn't picked this one up. Because I, I, I honestly think that the Sci-Fi Channel should pick this, this series of Doctor Who up. I, I think it, yeah, it's they're a lot really of back- missing the boat. Yeah, it's a lot of backstory to drop on someone all at once. It is, but 
and, and, and I think that was part of the reason why the Sci-Fi Channel didn't pick it up was because it is too British. And, and to be honest, I don't think it's too British. I think there's just so much history there. You know, it's been around since, what, the, the late 60s? Something like that. that. Something like that. It, it's, it's sort of like trying to come into the middle of Guiding Light. If you've never Oof. watched it before, it's, it's, well, okay, that's a bad analogy. Uh, it's like trying to come into the middle of Star Trek. That if, if you haven't seen a lot of previous episodes of Star Trek, it may be a little hard to, to get into it immediately because of the, the culture and the history that's been built up around it since then. Or starting halfway through Babylon 5. Yeah, that too. There's so many thread lines. Yeah. But the, the great thing about Doctor Who, though, is that you know, pretty much four episodes were pretty self-contained. That you know, that that each story, even though it may have spread out across four episodes or four what four hours, were pretty much self-contained. But whereas Babylon Five just kept on going and going and going and building on previous plot threads. Unlike Star Trek, it it did you know, most Star Trek episodes. There very rarely was one that it spanned more than two two or three episodes. Yeah, Star Trek seemed to press the reset button at the end of every show, almost. But back to Sci-Fi Channel, I just I think they're missing the boat. I think this is an excellent series that they really need to pick up, and I'm I'm kind of surprised that they haven't. But then again, it could be the cost. You know, the BBC may uh, may be charging an arm and a leg for this to tear it. Uh, could be that you know some negotiation that they can't seem to work out, and I hope that's not the case. But I really think this current Doctor nails it. Uh, Christopher, I, I think he really nails it. I think it, it's a, a it's a great series so far. I have not been disappointed with an episode. Here's one of the things, Doctor Who. If you ever went back in time, you knew that the the, the, the episode was going to be boring because what they were going to do is they were going to use a bunch of old costumes out of the BBC warehouse. That if they did some type of historical thing, there wasn't going to be too many special effects. There may or may not be an alien, and if there was an alien, it was always looked very humanoid. So, to me, the, the ones, suit. yeah, humanoid in the bad green suit. But with with this doctor in the third episode, they actually go back in time, and I thought, Ugh, they're going to go back in time. I'm really going to be disappointed with the third episode. And no, I was not. I was shocked and and impressed by how well they went back in time. They had special effects and a good storyline to boot. And it's just not its not your dad's Doctor Who is what it comes down to. Cool. This is this is the new Doctor Who. I think we can all enjoy a good storyline here. And I'm <laughs> desperately waiting for the uh, Red Dwarf movie to materialize. I absolutely love that show. I did too. Of course, they ended with uh, Series 8 in a cliffhanger, so... Uh, the, the rumors I have heard about the movie say that it is not going to be a sequel to the series, but it's going to be more of a reboot of the uh, uh, of the concept as a whole. From what I can tell, they have gotten all of the original cast back to do it. With the original Holly? Yes, with uh, Robert, I know it's, uh, what's his name, Lewis something or another. But yeah, it's the, the, the male Holly is going to be back. With Red Dwarf, we've, I've been buying those on DVD here. I, I I don't think I've seen anything past Series 6. I think I've caught one or two where they're back on Red Dwarf. That it, what, what happened there? Do you remember? 
Yeah, the uh, well, the complaint I have heard with series six, seven, and eight was that while the production quality was much higher, and they were getting the funding from from the BBC that they really needed, with that they kind of lost the the what would be a good way to put it. They kind of lost the sense that they had at the very beginning. Kind of strayed away from the original story. You can always drink a beer and watch Red Dwarf. It's, uh... <laughs> it's... Whether it's the beginning or the end, it's always hilarious. It might just be a different type of hilarious. My favorite episode ever, Reverse. Yes, or... Reverse was very, very good. Now watch the amazing Reverse Brothers while my partner drinks a glass of water. Forwards! <laughs> Let's have an unrumble. It's a time hole. How can it be a time hole? You don't even know what one looks like. It looks like that! Big swirly orange thing. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> what I want to know is if Crichton actually got his, uh, uh, I think he got his uh, permit to fly uh, Starbug 1 in that episode, or at least that was his goal. I don't think they ever say he specifically he got it, but he flew after that. Maybe he did. I would assume so. And the cat's out bushes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Other than the trailer, I've seen... You've seen the trailer for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, right? Yeah, I've seen it on TV, and it looks very intriguing. John Malkovich is the bad guy in this? Is that who I'm reading? So he's Zaphod? No, he's the spidery creature. The oh, he's the uh, yeah the spidery creature with the bat wings. He's got bat wings? Or am I remembering the wrong character? Well, see, I think they had to create, for this one, they had to create a bad guy. Because I, I don't think it had enough conflict was something stupid like that. I think that they... Oh, oh, oh! I knew where that I read that. I knew where I read that. It's downstairs. Darn it. It was in Wired Magazine. They actually talked about uh, this version of Hitchhikers versus uh, you know, what people expect from the, from the book. If you haven't got the new Wired Magazine, go out and get it. It's got a lot of things about Lucas. They're really starting the... Uh, yeah. uh, there it is. They're really starting the, the media blitz for Star Wars. He's the guy there in the red, in that link that I just sent you. Woo! I guess we'll have to post this link in the, uh... Adams wrote 85% of the screenplay before his death in 2001. Uh, what's new? The studio exaggerated the romance between Dead and Trillion and the wackiness of the storyline. Uh, but the sequence involving the alien field DMV office and an opening number with singing dolphins that thank Earthlings for all the fishes. It's all Adams. And I got a three out of four. Nice. Yeah, John Malkovich added two major roles to the movie. Kuma Kavula? Kuma Kavula? Is that right? Kuma Kavula? Whose election lost to Zaphod drives him to become the evangelical cult leader. Questular Rontok. Thank you. The British VP of the Galaxy and Borgon Ambassador. So what, you, you, in your last episode, you said that there was... You had some comments about it, or some stuff that you've been reading about how it's, what, not as good as the book, or well, how they butchered the, it, or... The one review I had read at that point was, so far I guess there has been one fairly significant reviewer that has been let down by it and came away unimpressed. Felt that there were too many Americanisms in it, uh, and it strayed too far from the book, but... Then again, today I read a interview with uh, one of the producers. I think I don't remember which one it was, uh, Mr. Stamp, and he seemed to think that 
things were going very well, and that just about everybody, other than this one reviewer, had thought wonders of it. But I think Alan Rickman as Marvin will probably be the best. Yeah. I really like Alan Rickman, and not just because of his Harry Potter role, but because of the other roles that he's done. Did we get an email last week? We got one, and I don't know if I should reveal who it's from. Let's just say some some interested viewer. Call them Mr. X. Mr. X. Other than just thought that we were, uh, he enjoyed it immensely, and just wanted to know which what Lego set of Star Wars we did like. So yep. the other thing is, is I think somebody online posted on Lugnet, and I think they enjoyed the show immensely. Woohoo! A whole fan so, or two. But uh, if you have any how comments, many, how many how many downloads did we have? Uh, I want to say it was somewhere around uh, 250 or 300 in the last week. You're kidding! I think it was it was definitely over 200, well, but I haven't good. checked yet today. And if uh, any of you have any comments about this podcast, uh, feel free to feel free to send us a message to comments at bricknebula.org. Yeah, we'd really like to get some other people on here to chat with and uh, get their opinions as well. So if you'd like to be a guest, send us a note as well. If you're a part of the the uh, moon base, the original guys that sat down and thought about the moon base project, if you want to, and if you've got Skype and a high speed internet as well, we'd love to interview you and ask you questions about how how this process evolved and the whole thing about standardization and, and where you think Moonbase is going to go from here. You know, we, we'd love to, to sit down and talk with you. Most definitely. And moving along, we have this, this episode's Pick of the Podcast. This week, mine is a... Let's see, who is this made by? The user account on Bookshelf is Apophis... Five. It is a HDU1 Buzzard Heavy Defense Mecha. Uh, he said he made it from the 4504 Millennium Falcon and 4483 Adat, and it's his entry for the uh, Darkasmos Mecha Contest. And I really like this thing just because it's large, involved, and has lots of detail on it. It um, it's fairly impressive looking, and I like lots of gray. But uh, it does look very impressive. Um, I don't have one. You don't have one. No, I didn't do my research. But looking through the recent files on on Shelf, there is one that is kind of interesting. It's a Viper MK2 by somebody who, let's see, the Shelf name is Lalinka, and it's of a Battlestar Galactica Viper. And let me tell you, it looks good in LCAT. But that also leads us to talk about our next episode, kind of. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. Anyway, contest. We did try to do a contest, and, well, we didn't get any responses. So we could either extend the contest for a little while longer, or we could just try it later. Try a different one later. And let's let's extend it for a few more weeks. Okay, we'll, so, go, we'll go another three weeks for the deadline on that Another three one. weeks? Yeah. What, that put, what does that put it out to? That puts us out to uh, mid-May. And let's make it the 18th. Okay. It's Wednesday. It's middle of the afternoon. We'll say noon. Eastern Standard Time, that is. May 18th. So, here are your constraints. Pretty sci-fi mod. Be anything from a TARDIS to a minifig of... I've seen quite a few TARDISes out there. I've seen a canine, which I thought was pretty cool. 
and I've also seen one of all ten doctors, which I thought was pretty amazing. But they probably That's pretty cool. customize. That's pretty cool. And I think we even we're going to include some links to some of those that we did find. Yes. Uh, yes, I see those were added to our our notes here. So yes. we'll post those. Likewise, for the week of the uh, for May 9th, the week of the May 9th, I believe I have a good shot at getting Beth, who is a friend of mine from school, who teaches a Lego robotics class up in Michigan. She is uh, potentially going to be a guest that evening. So what will you guys be talking about? I'm not sure yet, but I'm sure we'll figure it out before we do it. Or at least before we post the cast. And uh, coming up, sci-fi Lego events. We have Marcon, which is going to be here in Columbus. And that is uh, what is this? Memorial Day weekend. Yep. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we're going to be doing the, the Lego display there. Then there is the uh, Star Wars weekend at Walt Disney World. Do you happen to know when that is? It is, I think it starts May 13th. Uh, I think it runs Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's okay. every weekend, and it's at uh, MGM uh, Disney and MGM Studios, and I think that runs for a whole month. So I think it's like the first three weeks of May and, and about a week or two into to June. So if you happen to be in Florida at the time, that's something that we're checking out. And then uh, we're going to be having the National Model Railroad Association get-together thingy in Cincinnati, and that is that's in July? Or am I remembering wrong? I thought it was June, but let me check real fast. Here. It might be nope, June. I think you're right. Yep, it's July. It's July 8th, 9th, and 10th is what that is. And then Origins, which is a, what is that, a gaming-type convention here in Columbus? Yeah, and that is July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd uh, at somewhere downtown. That sounds interesting. And we'll post more details. I'm tempted to go... Or at least do a one-man moon-based module there. Or, um, I think they do a lot of brick wars. And actually, that's something we could probably do in a later podcast if somebody would want to talk about brick wars and their, sure. their feelings about it. Or even Steve Jackson's Pirate Lego game. Or we I could get one of the guys from Cleveland to help out with the brick wars discussion. Hey, I think that would be good. And uh, when is Brickfest this year? Uh, I thought it was announced that it was in August. Like the 18th uh, or so, or 17th? Nope, the week before. It's week the before. 11th, 12th, the 13th, and 14th. Oh, okay. We're actually, set up set up on the 11th, and it's the uh, 12th, 13th, and 14th. And wow, it's at, I uh, that wrong. Well, the 18th, I think, is Gen Con, which I've got in my calendar, but I don't know what the hell that is. Hmm. I'm not familiar with that one. Breakfast, still at GMU. George, was it George Mason University? Yeah, George Mason. It is a blast if you've never been. I would take off time. I would hitch ride. I would find a buddy to share a room with. It is something worth going. Um, there's nothing like two, 300 people that are just as Lego geeky as you are. And you're going to be there this year, aren't you? I think we're going to try to. We'll see I'm what not happens. yet sure if I'm going to be there or not. Eh, you need to come. I think more, your friend Mike can... Our friend Mike had a blast with it last year. Yeah, I think he wore himself out, though, trying to sell so much stuff. <laughs> I know he wore his wife out. His wife. I know. And then also um, uh, this year, the Columbus, Ohio Lego Train Club will be at the Ohio State Fair. I think we're going to be in, what, the old train building? I don't know the details yet. I haven't... I know we've been discussing them on the group, but I haven't been following. Well, 
we'll have to post more details once we have them then. And if you want uh, your uh, sci-fi or Lego event announced here, uh, send us a note to eventcast at bricknebula.org. Um, yeah, if you send the details, we'll be better about <laughs> the details. Yeah, we'll be a lot better about uh, displaying them, shall we say. Or uh, they'll go up on the web, so. Yeah. Uh, likewise, Hopefully you guys don't show up to Brick just like a week after the fact. That would be really disappointing. Likewise, uh, right now we're contemplating some uh, new software for Brick Nebula, and uh, hopefully we'll have something for that before the next podcast. Uh, hopefully today or tomorrow we'll have a little something to do with that. And um, let's see, a Moonbase MB1 update. Hey, did we we announce the, the email address to eventcast at bricknebula.org? Yep, we did. Okay, I'm sorry. Go okay. <laughs> and our Moonbase MB1 update, as uh, you can probably see from the uh, Brick Nebula website, uh, we have now about half the first set done, and I was working on it again this evening. We have the boss's office done with our two lead characters getting chewed out by him. And what does it say anything else about that right now, or hold off for another week? Yeah, let's hold off for a little bit longer. Okay, we'll hold off. But I kind of like how the uh, how the office is starting to turn out. Yeah, it's looking pretty good. Okay, time to tie a knot around this one. Episode 3, we want to have an interview with one of you British sci-fi fans out there. The double plus good if you're uh, a Briton, too. But we're going to talk a little bit about some sci-fi channel stuff, some stuff about Battlestar Galactica and Lego. Oh my! Uh, is there anything else we want to prep for next week? No, not that I know of. Hopefully I'll actually have a Moonbase MB1 strip done by then. That's a big if. Well, we only got one set, so right. it might be a little harder. We'd like to thank uh, Hand Hosting and Geek Industries for graciously providing the server and bandwidth for us. And then we'll and plug our own site, Brick Nebula, and the Columbus, Ohio Lego Train Club. And uh, this is Mike. And this is Dave. And Gigi does our hair. Later, guys. See ya. <laughs>